Welcome to the Learning is Disruptible podcast. We're your hosts, Tony and Jerry Lynn Brown. This is a podcast exploring the intersection of disruptive innovation and homeschool. Kids naturally love to learn, and if their education is structured correctly, they will become lifelong learners. You can customize learning for children of varying ages, strengths, and interests. Do you have what it takes to be different and to be an innovative leader in your home and community? Camille Condi is a wife and mother of four. She has homeschooled for eight years, including graduating a senior. She also has a professional history in economics. Camille has spent her life being involved in her community and her church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We know Camille because of our involvement with her in the title of Liberty Co-op. Today we're talking with her about that co-op and how co-ops can be an innovative solution for homeschool families. Enjoy! Welcome to the show, Camille. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. To start off, why don't you share with our audience uh, just a little bit about you? Yes, I think um, as is normal for all homeschoolers is first time a mom, right? And that's one of the the main parts of my life that identify who I am, a mom and a wife. And it brings me a lot of joy in that area of my life. But before I was a mom, I actually got married a little later. I got married at age 30 and we had our first kid at 31. And so before that time, while I was waiting around for my sweet husband to show up, I graduated, I went to school at BYU and I graduated with a degree in economics. And after I had that degree and got married, I realized it should have probably been home economics. That would have helped me a lot more. But, and then I um, had some time to like travel the world. I got to see Europe and uh, I served a mission for my church in South America and Brazil. Um, And I had just a lot of good times during that that time. And then I also worked as a financial advisor and business analyst for Fidelity Investments. That's where my economics career got me. Um, After that, I got married and we started having children. We were so lucky to have four kids just right out of the gate. And we felt really blessed for that. And they have just been the, the source of joy for my life and purpose ever since then. And we've worked really hard to raise good kids and be good parents. And sometimes it's worked really well. And other times we've realized our mistakes and and adjusted. So some of the things that I love to do, or some of the things that I've also done as a mom is I was involved in our community. Back in Utah, they have a caucus system where you go to caucus meetings and that's how you're involved in the political process. And so I was a caucus chair for our individual district. And then I was a caucus chair at the city, a co-chair at the city level, which was really great to learn about government. I also helped to co-chair a Patriot camp in Utah, which was amazing, taught our kids about the constitution and the amazing founding of our country. And that was a great um, blessing to us. I, they don't have them here in Texas, but I've thought about starting one. And then in my free time, I really enjoy cooking Julia Child. I love her. She's one of my heroes. And I read way too many books. And I put in my bio that thrift books is I'm like their favorite customer. So it's really, it's an obsession. (laughs) So I'll just, I'll just admit it. So that's about me. Um, We're going on eight years now of homeschooling and it's just been a great adventure. And the beautiful thing is, is my oldest just graduated this spring 
from homeschool high school. And I don't know anybody personally that has taken their kids through high school in the homeschool realm. Not personally. I've heard of them and I've read about them. And so this was a huge step for us. And the fact that she succeeded and succeeded so marvelously, I'm so proud of her, has been a very big relief off of this mama's shoulders that it can be done and it's okay. That's awesome. Thank you. So for our audience, Camille and I have been chair. Camille's the chair and I'm vice chair of a co-op that we started this past year. And Tony and I have just thought about how co-ops really are an innovative solution for a lot of families who are looking into homeschooling or already homeschooling, but looking for something that's maybe missing in their their homeschools. And so will you just tell us a little bit about the co-op and why you wanted to start it and all of that? Yes. Well, after having um, homeschooled for six years and mostly done it on our own, we had had a little co-op for a year or two in Utah before we moved to Texas. And then once we moved to Texas, there wasn't a lot of other families around that we felt like we could do a co-op with or that was readily available. And so um, we just started doing it on our own, where I was I was teacher, superintendent, principal, janitor, everything, right? And that's kind of how you feel sometimes as a co-op mom. And And after a while, we struggled a little, and then COVID came, and the struggle became worse because even our field trips and our outings were, were taken away. But during that time, we had signed up for an online little learning class that started at nine o'clock in the morning. And that having a start time to our day guaranteed every day was huge. Like I started to notice how much better our homeschool was to have that accountability of just that one class. It was only a one hour class, but that got us started for the day. And my kids were much more willing to get started for that than they were sometimes to get started for mom and same with me. So I started to recognize that I needed help, that I could not be all things to my children. I needed to have some help from the outside. And so the class was wonderful, but I felt like we needed something a little less technology-based and that was more people-based. This is when COVID was ending. We were kind of coming all back online and realizing how much we had missed relationships with other people and other families. And so I thought, if I feel this way, maybe there's other people in my community. And I, and I kept thinking, well, eventually somebody's going to start a co-op and I'll join that. And then finally I was praying about that. And the Lord said, well, why don't you start the co-op then? And I thought, oh, okay. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I can do that, but I'll try. And so I started praying about how do I do that? What would that entail? And one morning it was really early in the morning and, and those thoughts were swirling around in my head and I couldn't sleep. So at two o'clock in the morning, I got out of bed and I went into my family room and I just started praying about it again. And I felt impressed to open up my scriptures. And I found a story of a wonderful man named Captain Moroni in the Book of Mormon who had been having difficulties in their country. Like there were people who were trying to take away liberty and trying to take the freedom from the from the people and take it for themselves. And he created a thing called the title of Liberty where he wrote out what he felt was important, his family, his religion, his freedom. And he took that and he put it on a pole and he took it throughout the land to try to gather other people who believed in those things and were willing to stand up and keep those things as the, as their banner, right. As, as important to them. 
And so many people joined and many people came forward and they were able to keep their country free. And, and I just thought, I wonder if there's, there were so many moms that had come to me, especially during COVID and after COVID saying, this is what we're doing. is not working. We need help. We need something different. But to start it all on their own was overwhelming. It was really a huge leap to go from public school to completely homeschooling alone. And many of their experiences were during COVID where it was so alone. And so they just thought that's not what I want at all. But the public school setting is not meeting my needs for whatever reason. And so I thought maybe they also, there's others that need this, that they need a banner that they can look to, a group that they can identify with, not just me. And so I thought, okay, this is my answer. We do need to do this. And we're going to call it the title of Liberty Co-op. And I thought, okay, where do I go from here, Heavenly Father? What do I do now? And he said, go back to bed. <laughs> go get some sleep. And then it will come. And I thought, okay, I'm going to trust. So I went back to bed. And that very next day, the very next day, which was amazing to me, and I felt like part of the answer to my prayers is I received an email from American Heritage School, and they were opening up a new learning platform that went hand in hand with co-ops. And so I thought, okay, here's our answer. We can have this be our curriculum. And then we meet together and we just utilize that curriculum as a group. And so I felt like that was really the answer. And I was hoping it would be an answer for other people. Yeah, and just for our listeners, we'll have a previous episode where we interviewed Tim Hall with AHS. And so this Lift Ed program that Camille's talking about is that same Lift Ed program that Tim reviewed in, in his episode. So this is kind of part two of how you use the online and then add in the co-op. So how does participating in the co-op impact your homeschool overall? Just with that prior episode, we've talked about what the online piece looks like, but how does the co-op piece really impact your homeschool? That's a good question um, because obviously we've, we've done it now for a year and this is my second round of doing co-ops and I'm seeing the same benefits and blessings in this co-op, but even magnified more as I become more involved in it. So I think the biggest part of it was that it created a lot more of a loving accountability for me and for my kids. When kids are little, they are just happy to do with their family, everything that they want to do. And they're happy to be with mom and dad. And they are just, we are each other's world. And it is so sweet. It is such a sweet time of life. I don't know if I valued it as much as I did when I was there. But um, as kids grow and as they get older, they need to have their peers around them. This is a fundamental part of the process. And for many years, I thought, oh, no, that's not necessary. They can do really well just with me and dad and and our church friends. And it'll be fine. It'll be fine. But as I started to notice in our in our learning, my kids were just not progressing the same way they had when they were younger. And so I realized that we need to do something different. Right. We need that accountability and we need some more of our peers and so, so that was one of the things that it, that it did. It gave us some accountability. The other thing it did was, as we have other teachers, you start to see your kids in a different way. You start to see them through different eyes. As a homeschool mom, and me in particular, you know, kind of a get it done person, it was so easy to just start thinking, oh, you know, just start critiquing my kids' accomplishments instead of praising, instead of like every day was a new day and like, wow, you're doing such amazing things. It became more monotonous. We kind of got into too much of a routine actually. 
and I didn't see the great things they were doing. I just was more like, let's just get stuff done, right? I'm sure that never happens to you, Jerry Lynn, right? (laughs) And I think all parents can fall into that trap. And so as we did this co-op, I started seeing things that my kids were doing really well because other moms saw them. And they were like, oh, this is so cool about your kid, or I love this. And one of the things that, that was great was Jerry Lynn, you. So I have a cute little 14-year-old son who is like a joy and like has always been very happy. He's very, he's so mellow, and but sometimes a little too mellow for his mom, right? I'm like, come on, let's keep going. You got to keep going. And, and so we were doing a writing class this last year. So this is just an example. And he was writing all these papers, and he is so... Um, he likes to make people laugh. He's just a funny guy. And I saw that as a detriment. I thought, no, let's be serious. We got to get our stuff done. Well, then Jerry Lynn was the one that was over his group when they would read and share their papers together. And she just said, everybody loved his papers. And, and she, as a mom, loved his papers. And she was really enjoying some of the funny things he said. So for example, he wrote, we did one on Nephi and the brass plates. And he said, his second paragraph, he said, then he went into Laban's house and said to his servants, you hook me up with some brass, dog. (laughs) Sounding very much like Laban. He acquired the brass plates and brought them to his brothers. Soon the servant realized that this isn't Laban. So he attempted to run. And Nephi stopped him and told him that if he wanted to come with the rest of them, he would be saved. So they all went home as buds. So just so you know that it may seem impossible, but God can do great things. And so I was like, okay, we got to take out the buds part. We've got to take out the brass dog, right? And I realized this is part of his learning process. And this is a good thing and not to squelch that, but to enjoy it. And so seeing that from another mother's eyes was just such a blessing to me and and to him because he could really be who he was. So that is another thing that was really nice. The other thing that I really liked is that my children need to feel like they have a group that they fit in with. So there is a fair amount. I'm going to put it out there and it's, it's unfortunate. I think it's getting better, but, but there's a fair amount of criticism still about homeschoolers. And we come across this in our community, in media, in, in, even in our church sometimes, unfortunately, where my kids are teased about being homeschoolers, right? And so that was hard to hear when that was their whole identity. And so now they feel like they can identify, well, I'm a homeschooler, but I have this like awesome group and I get to be with other people all the time. I get to identify with who they are and who I am. So I don't really feel like I'm just a homeschooler, right? So that was a great thing to help them feel that way. And then socialization. And we should probably talk about this more in detail But co-op provides a great opportunity for my kids to socialize and and be with other kids. There's a lot more I could go into on the socialization piece. Why don't we just jump into that then? Sometimes as homeschoolers, we get the question of, what do you do about socialization? And I think that it's a really complicated topic. What are your views on socialization and how do co-ops fit into that? So for years, so so socialization, by the way, in the homeschool community, I feel like is almost a bad word because we have it thrown at us so often, like, well, yeah, but you're not getting your kids socialized. So I'm glad they have a good education, but they're not socialized. They're, they're weird. Something's wrong with them or they're going to turn out weird, even if they're not right now. Right. And so it's kind of a, a bad word, but 
and it, and I think it's because it's almost used as a weapon against the homeschool community. Like this is why we don't because we're we want our kids to be normal, right? Or we want them to be socialized. And you're like, oh, okay. And so, but I have, so over the years, I've kind of thought I've gone the full spectrum where I don't need that. We're fine just as a family. We don't need to be socialized. That's not necessary. My family is socialization enough, you know, our family and our church group, that's all that we need. And so, but as my kids, once again, have gotten older, I have recognized, oh, you know what? I don't think I can be just black and white on this there is way more to this that I am not acknowledging because I was fearful, I think, of that not being socialized, of that stigma. So I was going the exact opposite direction. So kids need to have a good amount of social experience, and especially as they age. I think that most people would be surprised at how much homeschoolers are concerned about the socialization of their kids, how much we care about whether they are out in the community and that they are with other families and with other people. I think there's an, a mistaken idea that we just are at home all day and that we don't ever see anybody else and our kids are just literally stuck at home. And that is not true. So we do a good amount of outside social activities where they can learn from their peers. And that's a good thing. I think sometimes we hear a lot about peer pressure where peer pressure is just has always just been a negative thing. But Jerry Lynn, you and I have both seen this year what peer pressure does in the positive. So what have you found with your kids as far as some of their struggles and yet the co-op changed that for them? Well, the one thing I can think specifically is the writing class that we did. I've got kids that don't love writing, but when they had that peer pressure of, oh, my friends are all going to be there prepared with a paper to read, I better be there prepared with a paper to read or... I'm going to have to admit that I didn't do my homework this week. That's right. That's a good positive that we've seen in our family. Yes, that's right. It's just this, oh, I want to be, I want to show others that I can, that I'm capable. And my mom already knows it. So I'm done showing her. (laughs) I'm done showing dad somewhat. But hey, my peers, okay. So it's just that next level. It's just that next motivating force. Um, And socialization, I believe, you know, is a big part of that. The other thing is, is that, Study after study shows that homeschooled children really fare well with social settings. There's a great compilation of the studies from Richard G. Merlin of Stetson University. It's called Homeschooling and the Question of Socialization Revisited. And he just goes study after study and and just proves through these studies that homeschooled children are socialized very well. This isn't a problem. and, And this is not the issue here. As a matter of fact, one of the studies, the, the woman was very surprised by the results. And she said, she was so surprised. She said, I do not want to ever hear again that homeschool children are not well socialized because that was not our finding at all. I have a really recent experience with that. We just did a camp out with the young men in our congregation. And on the way home, we're stopping at Brahms to get burgers and ice cream. And there's a good young man who does do public school, and he does quite well, to my understanding. And I made all the kids order their own food, and he he looked at me and said, well, how do I do this? I've never ordered food before. And literally, this is not a big deal because it took like 20 seconds of coaching, and he was fine. But it's the kind of thing that people don't realize, oh, a kid can, can do this, and a kid needs to do this, and he did it, and he was fine. But interactions like that is something that we specifically 
do on purpose with our kids so that they can interact with adults yeah. in, in a variety of settings. And it, it probably surprised you like, oh, oh, uh, this is how we do this. But when you're when you're gone eight to nine hours a day between busing and, and we have really long school days here in Texas, right? When do you have time to go shopping with your mom? When do you have time to go in and order? You know, she's doing the quick order in the drive through so that you can get on to the next thing. It's just true. It's really so. Yeah, you're right. And so so it's not really an issue in that sense. I think our kids are getting a lot of social interactions and learning a lot of the social things you need to learn, a lot of the soft skills of life. But I also have acknowledged, there's another article that I found just this year, actually, because I had a mom that's kids are in public school. They're in elementary school. And she had reached out to me and said, hey, I'm considering homeschooling, but I'm so scared. You know, are my kids going to turn out okay? Are they going to be weird? (laughs) Right? That's kind of what she was alluding to. Like, I don't know if they're going to be normal you know, socially, that's my biggest concern. And, and so I sent her on that, the studies, you know, that I had just mentioned to you, I sent that on to her. And she read through that, but it didn't quite answer all of her questions. It didn't quite put her there. And I had said, this is something you need to pray about yourself. This is something you need to approach the Lord about and say, how will this work for me? I can't tell you 100% hey, no, your kids will be just fine, right? You need to do that between yourself and your kids and God and your husband and all of that. But I did find an article in trying to help her a little more that was called Homeschool Socialization, An Uncomfortable Truth. Uh, and that was by Lauren Schmitz is her name. And she she went a little more into like what I'm talking about is that, yes, it's you get a lot of good socialization in your home and with your family, but at a certain level, your kids need a little more and they need to have a friend. They need to have like almost a best friend or one or two of them that they can really identify with. And they need to have a group outside of their home that they can identify with. And that's great because we need to be able to get them on their own eventually. And if all they know is their family and that's it, I think it's a, still a huge blessing. And I think it's still better than a very, very negative outside of our home environment, Right. But I think that they can do even more once they have that other social aspect or that social piece. So anyway, I think that that is a big part of why kids need to have a co-op is because they need to have that outlet and that ability to be with other kids at least once a week, if not a few times a week. So, Well, and I would add that uh, I went to public school the whole time and I'm weird without having done homeschool. So. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Totally. Yes. And, and I will say, I mean, I, I, I turned 50 this year. And so I went to public school, like back in the Laura Ingalls time, it feels like right now, but that's what my kids say sometimes. But I, I was exposed to so much just stuff that I wish was never put into my brain. And it wasn't because of my teachers. No, we had great teachers. We had a good curriculum. We weren't fighting against that, thankfully, which I do believe children have more of that nowadays in public school, especially if you have a teacher that has very, very different value system than you do. But just through other children, I was just exposed to a lot of stuff that they had been exposed to in their lives. And then they brought into my life where normally in a home setting, I would have never had any exposure to that. Things that were just frankly disturbing and have been stuff I've had to work through. So my kids have had very, very little of that. And I think that's okay. 
I think that that's just fine. They still have difficulties. They still have weaknesses. They still have trials that we're working through as a family and individually. So it's not like I just smoothed the path for them or that this has just made it where they've never had one trial ever. But the trials are not pornographic or <laughs> that type of thing that might that are just leave images that you have to burn out later. So anyway. Another thing that we were interested in is with the Lift Ed, you kind of mentioned that you had done one year where it was just primarily online, and now you're doing a version that blends the online and the in-person. How does the online and the in-person and the additional stuff you just do at home, how do those kind of interplay with each other to enhance what you're doing with your kids? Well, first, I probably should start and tell you kind of a an outline of our week or an outline of how our homeschool works. So we get up each morning and <clears throat> mom gets up earlier. So she has a little quiet time. And at seven 30, we start with a family devotional. We start with him and prayer and we read our scriptures together. And then we have about 15 minutes where we read our individual scriptures, but together. So it's quiet. Everybody's supposed to just focus on that. From there, we have we go up and do our chores. We get our breakfast started and done. And then at 9 o'clock, we hit those online classes. So that 7.30, when we were just doing it on our own and didn't have anything to bump up into in the morning, that 7.30 sometimes became 7.35 and 7.40 and 8 o'clock. And, oh, we had a late night. Let's start it. You know, let's get up at 8.30. And, and then our days would just kind of get pushed further and further. And then our afternoons. And those were just the worst <laughs> days. And and sometimes we can make up for it if we made allowance for that and knew that was going to be the case. But when it happened on a regular basis, it was just it was just tough on our family because we weren't finishing school until five o'clock at night. And that's not a, a great experience for my kids to have or for me to have because there are other things that we want to do. We want to do our fun things in the afternoon. And so having that online nine o'clock start time was just huge where we had to start. We knew we had to start at 730 if we were going to get there by nine. So I loved that piece of it because it's also hard to get out of the door every day at nine o'clock. So to have to get out of the door would have been hard, but to have just a little class that you run up to that's right close, that was doable. And then on Tuesdays, we go to our co-op after we're done with our just basic online learning and our math. And then we go to co-op, we do writing, we do, we've done PE, we do an extension of the curriculum that we're learning in our online class. And we have free play, we do, uh, our co-op is outdoors all year round, which is turned out to be like a huge, huge blessing. We all were really worried about it at the beginning, at least I was, Jerry Lynn knew, it's fine, it'll work out. <laughs> Her other co-op is a forest school, so it's intentionally outside. So. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So she gave us courage. All of us, we got courage from Jerry Lynn. You can do it. We can do it. Just wear jackets, you know, bring a fan. And and we realized as we started with the outdoor, it was awesome because our kids were learning to adjust to, you know, non-72 degree temperature, right? How do I adjust? It's okay to have these things come up against me and I still get through it. And some of our days were hilarious when it was like 95 degrees and just sweltering and the kids made it through. And we talked about how this was how it was when you, you know, like for my mission, for my church, I, I sweated a lot. I was in Brazil. I was in the Amazon and I said, Hey, this is exactly like that. And so they kind of got excited about it. But um, anyway, that's a side note. Uh, so, so that's what our day looks like. And that's what our week looks like. And then we also have church activities in the evenings, either Tuesday or Thursday, I mean, Tuesday or Wednesday. 
We have um, sometimes some sports activities. We go to a choir on Thursday nights uh, that's all throughout Dallas, which is phenomenal. Uh, the Millennial Choirs and Orchestras, which was a huge change in my life, seeing how they treat the kids, how they expect the kids to, to rise to these great heights. I started thinking, I need to be doing this too. My kids can do great things and I need to just know that they can instead of being timid and worried that they maybe will fail. I need to just say, no, you're going to do great things. And so that was a great blessing. And then of course we have our Sunday uh, church on Sunday. We oftentimes have families for dinner Sunday evenings outside of our home. So that's kind of what our week looks like, but without, imagine without the nine o'clock class and without the co-op, all of a sudden our week really becomes a lot the same every single day. And I just found that there was a little more bickering. There was a little more difficulty in getting motivated to get our work done because we didn't have hard and fast deadlines. It was more just when it works for me. And hard and fast deadlines, that loving accountability piece I've realized is so important. And um, the other thing that I've learned about just the blessing of co-ops is just all those other moms, all those other teachers, and all the strengths that they have and that they bring to the co-op. And that has been huge as well. I could go through each of the moms. I was going to say, that kind of segues into my next question is, what benefits have you seen for your kids from planning lessons as well as having other moms as collaborators? Yeah, I think it's just that it's just new perspectives and it just breathes so much joy into our learning, just a breath of fresh air. So I kept finding myself fascinated. I would learn something more about one of the moms that they their past experience had brought them. And I thought, oh my goodness, I'm so thankful. This is something that I've always wanted to teach my kids or I've always wanted to share with my kids, but I had to learn it first because it wasn't part of my life experience, right? And so once I realized, oh, this mom, it was part of hers. Like we have one that was very skilled at teaching music. She had done kinder music for years. And so I thought, oh, that's fantastic. That's exactly what I wish. I've always wanted to teach my kids, but I just don't have the time to learn it plus teach it, right? By the time I get it down and then teach it, my kids are out of the house and in college, it seems like, right? They're not still around. Um, one of the moms had majored in dance at college. So she taught our kids how to do African dances. And it was so fun. We recorded them. And I still go and watch that video if I want to just have some like joy and, and laughter because it was hilarious seeing them trying to do these, in, these African dances. And I feel like they related more with Africa as a culture and as a people because they did those dances. Um, one of our moms, she's in our uh, Kandra, she's in our leadership with us, is highly organized. Like I always thought I was somewhat organized and I, I was good at that. No, no, no. Like Kandra is highly organized and this is her forte. This is her strength. And because of that, I was able to relax a little and enjoy more because I knew she would have those things covered. It just comes so naturally to her. And so, and I think she felt that way too. She's like, okay, Jerry Lynn, Camille has my back. So I don't have to worry so much. I can enjoy things more too. So that was huge. Uh, we had a mom that was super good at photography. She took pictures of all of us at the end of the year, like amazing pictures. And I had no idea the whole year. I didn't know that this was one of her skill sets. And so we got to use those in our showcase. Our showcase turned out so beautifully. One of the moms was really good at like creating this bulletin board with all of our pictures and stories about us. She interviewed the kids. 
to say, what did you like about this teacher? And so we got to take that home and see it. And our families, our dads, our community, when they came to our homeschool showcase at the end of the year, they got to see this. And I'm looking through it and I'm like, wow, we're amazing. I didn't even know we were so great. Spend <laughs> but- a little more time and talk about that showcase. Cause I, th- I think that was something that was just a really neat idea that y'all had that I think other co-ops could benefit from. Yes. Thank you. I, so we, Jerry Lynn, do you remember why we decided to do the showcase? Like, was that always the plan? I can't remember if it just. No, it was. I don't think it was. I think it was an idea you had where you just were inspired. Like we've learned so much and the kids have so much to yes. show. Let's share yes. it with others. And I think specifically I was thinking of the dads because they had sacrificed quite a bit this year for us to do this co-op. And my sweet husband had heard so much from me about, oh, I can, I can do this, honey. This is so hard, though, some days, right? It was tough, especially the first year. Once, you, once we got it going and once we got things tweaked, it was way, way smoother. But just, no, it was tough to begin with that first four or five months. And then it became just way, it was still a lot of good in that four or five months, but it, it became even more joyful. But we realized we wanted to share this with others. And if we were going to be that title of liberty, right, to people, that we needed to have a showcase where they could come and see what we do and what the results are so that they could have confidence that, okay, if I join this, my kids can have the same experience. And so that's, I guess, kind of where we thought the the showcase would come in. So we did a showcase. We did it at our local church building where we had all the kids set up tables and they had created their own little like trifold what they had accomplished during that year. And then they brought things that they would set on the tables as well. So things they had done as part of co-op and as part of our lift ed program, our online lift ed program, but also things that they had done in their own homeschooling with their moms and their families. And, and they just showcased these. And then as part of that, we did what was called the great shake competition, which comes from Ron Clark Academy. He's one of my teaching heroes. I love Ron Clark and have gleaned a lot from his, just his joy of teaching and, and, and then the structure that he has for his kids. I knew we needed some structure in our homeschool or it would just be, it just was, it's just not as good if kids are just talking out and not um, learning how to have manners around each other. So we taught them how to shake hands, how to greet people and how to describe what they had on their table. And then we had a few dads in disguise that went around and they tested them on this. And then at the end, we awarded four trophies based on age to those kids that showed the best responses that were able to introduce themselves, that were able to shake hands well and and a nice firm handshake, that were able to describe what they have on their table. And it was so neat. And the kids felt so, you could just see their sense of accomplishment just go through the roof. Like, Oh my goodness, this is really neat. And and so it was a huge cap on what we have done had done all year, what they had done, what they had accomplished that sometimes you don't see day to day or week to week. It's like going on a, a great journey and the drive is is not exactly the fun part of the journey, right? But once you're there, you realize, "Oh, and once you have the memory and the the, the vacation is over, you realize, "Wow, what have we done?" So that's kind of what the showcase did it was really, it was really great. And to be able to have moms all come together and each bring their skill set in to create that showcase, it was far better than we could have ever done it. And if I would have tried to do it on my own with just my own family, 
there's no way it would have been even close. It would have been 10%. I just don't have the time. I don't have the capacity. And as I'm getting older, I recognize that more and more and more. So anyway, I was going to say there was one more mom. I, I didn't want to forget this mom who had been through some really traumatic things in the last couple of years. And she brought a huge amount of peace to our homeschool and love. Like she was the one that was always giving everybody hugs and always telling people, oh, you're doing so great. And I love you. And thank you so much. And so it's just neat, the different things that this group brought together that we all needed. Well, and I, I saw a little bit of success from this showcase, not just on what the kids were able to demonstrate, but there was other families that came that were just friends of the co-op. And there's new new families that are joining up next year because of what they saw the kids accomplish. They, they realized they wanted to pull this into their lives to, to help their kids make progress in their circumstance. So that's right. I, and I think they were just amazed like, Oh, okay. Because there's something, there's a physical something that they can look at and say, this was the end result. This is amazing. And I do want this and I can do this, right? I have a support system. My kids have friends. And I will say my kids, when we go to activities with our co-op friends and then other friends are there as well. They are like brother and sister with their co-op friends. They just immediately feel that love and camaraderie. We just didn't have the bullying. We didn't have, you know, I mean, but you still run into obstacles. You still have conflict. You still have kids having to figure stuff out when somebody does something that they don't like or whatnot. So that is awesome. That's what you want your kids to learn, right? But you don't want it to be a constant where they're fearful or where they're scared to be in an environment. And so we got that all in the, the co-op and the showcase was just the highlight of that and the end result. As a matter of fact, uh, one grandmother was there with her with her dad. So it was grandma and a great grandpa uh, to some of the kids in the co-op. And after we were all done, we also did a, so once we did the tables, we also did a little bit of a presentation time where the kids could read a paper they had done or share a poem they had memorized or just talk about something that they had created. And At the end of that, this grandma comes up to me and she was just in tears. And she said, that was so amazing. And you guys are doing such wonderful things here. Thank you. And that just was so touching to me and so sweet. And she said, my father was just so impressed. And I think our parents who did public school and have never had a homeschool experience, there's a lot of fear sometimes on their part that is this going to work? for my kids and my grandkids, is this going to be okay? And for them, the ones that came to this showcase, they walked away saying, I don't have to worry. It's being taken care of. Things are going well. It's a good blessing. So that was awesome. And so, and my kids have felt all the same things from all of these different moms. They've learned the same things. And from Jerry Lynn, I don't want to leave you out. I forgot is that I learned what, once again, I think I talked about this a second ago, but that it's okay to be outdoors. It's okay to do hard things. And that um, not just that it's okay, but it's like a plus. We need free time. We need fun time. We need outdoor time. And, oh, I sleep so well on homeschool nights because I've had sunshine. I've had exercise. I've had smiles and laughter. I mean, I sleep better on that night, Tuesday night, than any other night of the week. So it is such a blessing. And not out of exhaustion, but like you're saying, like so many good things that... Now our body is ready. That's right. It just filled my cup. And and because of being so busy with this, the other thing that was the blessing is that it pushed me to be in the moment more because I had to get stuff done throughout my week. 
and there was a lot less uh, ruminating or maybe brooding maybe that or sadness or and not that that's something that everybody struggles with, but it's something that's been a struggle for me sometimes in my life. And having this structure, it's like, oh, put that out the window, Camille. You don't have time for that. We're moving on. We've got to prepare a class. We've got to do this. And sometimes I think when we think if we get too busy in life, that that's the problem and that's creating all of our problems. And we think if we just had less time and less people demanding our time and we would just be the most amazing person, we would, we would read our scriptures, we would exercise, we would have a clean home. But I have not found that to be the case. I have found the opposite to be the case, that the less I have on my schedule, the less accountability I have, the more I fall apart, right? And so this has definitely given us that structure and that accountability to keep going, to keep moving forward. And this is probably the first homeschool year, Jerry Lynn, where we really finished strong and we were done by May, right? (laughs) It's not dragging out into the summer. It's not, oh yeah, well, we didn't hit that. And okay, we'll do more science next year, right? So it's been really a great blessing that way. And you're talking about all these moms and their strengths. I was reminded another powerful piece of a co-op is the multi-age group that you get. We had kids all the way from newborn to high school age, and they were all interacting with each other. And I think specifically of one of the days we just got together at the park outside of co-op with co-op friends, and my kids had put my two-year-old in the swing and pushed him for a minute, but then left. And your boys, who are middle school, high school age, they went over there and started talking to him and pushing him and, and got him out. And they love him. Like, they, it's almost like he's their bonus brother, right? That they get to enjoy and love. And But there's so much that kids gain from that interaction among different age groups. And this can tie back into the socialization. You know, is socialization sitting in a classroom with 30 other kids your same age? I think you get much better socializ- socialization when you're interacting with kids who are younger than you, who are older than you, you get to learn from them, you get to teach them. There's just so much that goes on in that. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. And yeah, my kids adopted the two little babies and next year we'll be able to have a, you know, the other baby that was like brand new baby. He'll be running around next year. And yeah, I mean, they just felt like they were part of the family, like part of our family. And I've always thought, I've always felt like for a, a family to be really happy and healthy, the solution would be to have just a ton of kids where your oldest kids are helping with the little babies. And, and then once you don't have little kids in your home, like little tinies, that at that point, it's okay because the older kids are having babies and they're introducing them. We all need to be around babies a lot more, right? (laughs) Like little kids and babies are the biggest blessing in our world. And I don't know that I recognize that as much when I was in the throes of having that little baby stage. And so now that I can see it from a distance, but get and get to enjoy it. It's so sweet. Like, I feel like I'm a grandparent without having, you know, grandkids yet. And so that's awesome. And then my kids still get to have that exposure to those sweet, sweet spirits that are so influential in just laughter and joy and seeing the life, seeing life from their eyes. Right. It's so sweet. So I've been listening to a new book lately by an author named Hal Gregerson. Yeah. And the, the book is called Questions or the Answer. One of the things that he points out is that in public schools, the average student asks one question a month in school. And the teacher to student question ratio is something like, and it depends on the setting, but 
40 to 50 to 95 to 1 on teachers asking questions versus students asking questions. And I was thinking of an interesting question. Obviously, the three of us are kind of homeschool and co-op boosters. We're, we're pretty Pro. invested in, yeah, we're, we obviously have an yes, angle. Yes, that's right. <laughs> we, we have an agenda. We think this is a great solution. What would it take for you to be excited to participate in public school? Oh, golly, because there, there are a lot of things, you know, in public school that I miss or that I wish I had, like a lot of resources. So that's a great question. As I was kind of thinking about this podcast and, and some of the things that I wanted to share, I went, I kind of in my mind created a list of pros and cons of, you know, co-op and homeschool and pros and cons of public school. And obviously, because I am a homeschooler, my cons of co-op was shorter than my cons of public school, but there were definitely some pros of public school, things that I, I really wish that I had. Like, I love that there are well-trained teachers, right? And leaders who work really hard for my kids and that there's a lot more wide variety of classes and experiences and resources, and you can do more things as a group. My daughter plays the violin and it would be nice to have an orchestra that she could play in. That would be so, so nice. And especially one that I don't have to drive 45 minutes to an hour to be able to take her to a couple times a week, which is hard. So it's really nice to have those things right in your community. So if I, but, but then the, the cons for public school is it's just hard, in my opinion, to be in a setting with only your age group peers, lots of them, and be exposed to them like nonstop all day long without enough parental supervision. There are just things that go on that aren't great. And specifically, when I was in public school, there was a huge, and there still is, is this huge hierarchy structure where if you fit into that hierarchy, if you are that type of person and you have those traits that are favored, then you'll be popular and you feel like you are great and that everybody loves you. But if you don't have those skill sets and those traits, then you can get lost and you can start to feel like something's wrong with me because I am not that even though you have all these other amazing traits, but school is very good at saying these are the traits that are preferred. This is what is wanted. And so I don't feel like you get that in a homeschool setting and I would not want that. But I think the only way that you can do that is where you have more family influence. So there needs to be way more volunteering. There needs to be way more mom and dad involvement in our public school setting. Um, and I've been in communities where there is a lot more and the public schools are much better frankly. And we used to do a lot more because a lot more moms stayed home and were with their children and they had that time to volunteer in the community. And that was a big, big part of successful schools. It always has been. Some of the other cons were like bullying. Obviously that's a problem. And that would be resolved, I think, with more parent involvement and more adult supervision. Uh, little to no say in who's your friends are. Like they just choose their friends or friends choose them sometimes in kind of a, like a predatory, like, oh, that kid will help me gain what I want. And so I'm going to make them my friend because they do for me what I want them to do, right? Where that is a hard thing and kids get exposed to that on a regular basis. And then eight to nine hours away from home. If I had a public school, it would be four hours max. Kids would be gone four hours max. And they would go and they would do the group things that they cannot do in a homeschool setting. And then they would come home to do their 
basics, right? The things that they can do on their own that they largely have to do on their own. And so that they have that time with family and with the group. And I feel like a co-op gives us that definitely more than just plain homeschooling on our own. But I would, you know, I would love a few more group things that you need a larger group to do things with. An orchestra is not going to be done in a homeschool co-op. No matter how amazing your co-op is, there's just not enough kids. Maybe you could get a duet or a trio, right? (laughs) Focus on that. Or like a a good uh, soccer team or, you know, those types of things. So there are some really good blessings to a public school system, but there are definitely some takeaways. And then the last thing, the last and the most important thing, I probably should have mentioned this at the beginning, is that there is a lack of a greater common goal and value system in our public schools nowadays. And we used to have that in America because we all really shared a lot of that same Judeo-Christian value system. But that is going away and has been going away for years. Church attendance for Americans has drastically dropped where people regularly participate in religious activities, community involvement, volunteering. Those things have all diminished greatly in the last 30 to 40 years. And so without that common goal, which is what you get, in a co-op setting, right, where we were all striving towards the greater good and we had a lot of the same value system, it's just not going to get us where we're supposed to be going. It's like being on a boat without a purpose, without a destination. And you don't get there. Or even if you do, you don't know you did because you don't know that's where you were wanting to go. And so I feel like that would be the first thing needed in our public school system for me to feel comfortable with it is a common goal where we are based on the same value structure. And For me, that has to be based in a higher being. It has to be based in God. It has to be based in, for me, Jesus Christ. And I just don't know if it can really, and it, and it was originally our, our country, I feel like was very much set up that way and it has been lost. So I think that's what I would have if I had a public school that I felt comfortable with and felt like would be just a great thing. And so I feel like co-op is a great intermediate. I think it feels like I'd say 85% of that. And then luckily we live in a metropolis that we have a lot of opportunities to do like millennial choir, or I have an orchestra my daughter can go to, or we can do some college classes. So thankfully where we live gives us some more of those things available. But I think that that's super, super important. We appreciate you, Camille, and taking your time to meet with us. Just as we wrap up, is there any final thoughts you want to share with our audience? Yes. Two of my favorite quotes, and I love these for homeschooling. Well, actually, I just wanted to share one thing. I've done a lot of studying on resilience in my life, what creates resilience in kids, in adults, in everyone. And the thing that was so sweet as I've studied and studied is the bottom line is, is they have determined that the most significant determinant of resilience is the quality of our close personal relationships and specifically with parents and primary caregivers. And that's what they have determined is important in gaining resilience. And I think sometimes our world tries to teach us nowadays, no, tough things make you resilient. So if my kids aren't going through tough things each day, like in the public school setting or in a out in the world setting, then they somehow aren't going to learn how to be strong and how to be resilient. But they have not found that to be the case. It's our close personal relationships. And I remember years ago, I heard a teacher say, I know which of my kids are going to be successful in life. 
And she goes, I can identify it. She's like a third grade teacher. And she says, I can identify it. It's very easy. And somebody said, well, how, how do you identify that? And she said, and it almost always works. Like as I follow them through their life, it almost always is accurate. And they said, well, how do you see that? How do you know this in third grade? And she said, I know it by the look on their parents' faces when they come pick up their kids. And I thought about that and I'm like, okay, what, what's the look? Tell me what the look is. I, I need to know what that look is, right? <laughs> Teach me what the look is. But I have since, after thinking about for many years, realized it's just, if I am happy with me and I am happy with my children and I'm loving my children, that's the look. My children feel that. And they glow and they bask in it and they grow and they thrive. And so Dr. Bessel van der Kolk, who's huge into like this type of thing, he said, how loved you felt as a child is a great predictor of how you manage all kinds of difficult situations later in life. How do you feel loved from your parent when you are not with them nine hours a day, when you're not with them 40 to 50 hours a week? And, And we're just talking school. Many kids are also involved in sports and activities after school. How do you feel that parental love when you are not with them? And so um, Mahatma Gandhi said, there is no school equal to a decent home and no teacher equal to a virtuous parent. And I have totally found that to be the case. And then Mother Teresa, one of my other heroes is, if you want to bring happiness to the whole world, go home and love your family. So that's where co-op comes full circle. That's where families and homeschool comes full circle to me, is I get to know that I have spent the best part of my life growing and nurturing and loving my children, loving my husband. And so at the end of my life, I get to look back and say, I, I was there. I was present. I was with them. And that is a huge blessing, a huge comfort to me. We hope you enjoyed learning from Camille today. If you're interested in starting a co-op or small group in your community and don't know where to start, sign up for free coaching with Jerry Lynn at learningisdisruptible.com coaching. As always, follow us on Instagram at learningisdisruptible. And if you're interested in enrolling your K-8 students in Lift Ed, use our referral link in the show notes for an enrollment discount. Mm-hmm.